be able to come back and represent after being a player in that national team today. It's almost like a dream. Big time congrats in order for Christelle and Garcinet, who was named the head coach of the Ivory Coast national team back in October. And that was a bit of a pioneering moment because she is the first African-born women's basketball player to become the head coach of a national team. So pretty cool that it's somebody within the Saluki women's basketball program and very, very happy for Christelle and can't wait to see what she does in her first event, which will be the Africa Championships. She'll coach Ivory Coast in that event in September of 2021. Good news also is she's getting a great opportunity, but doesn't have to leave us. She'll still be an assistant and fulfill our duties on the bench coaching for Coach Stein as they start their season against Eastern Michigan on Wednesday at the Banterra Center. Quick note, I know there are some people that uh, are, are very loyal and listen every week, so wanted to keep you up to date on next week with it being Thanksgiving and our normal release date being Thursday. Uh, enjoy your turkey, enjoy your football on TV, whatever you're doing for Thanksgiving. Uh, we will not have a podcast next week, but excited to share a little bit of a new concept coming up the week after Thanksgiving. Um, but don't look forward to one next week because there will not be one. Uh, but anyway, here is Christelle and Garcinet on this week's Saluki Standards podcast. Hey, now that you're a big shot international head coach, <laughs> can I still joke around with you or do you have to be all, all suited up and business-like? <laughs> I would say especially with a big shot international coach. I'm still the same. We can still joke around, still ask me crazy questions. I think we good. Okay. I, I wasn't sure if you were going to, you know, big shot me the next time I saw you when we see you next mm, week. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how you guys do in September, 2021. Maybe yes, you guys win the yes. thing. Yes. That'll be different. <laughs> maybe I, maybe I will deserve a big shot for now. I think I'm, I, I'm just walking my way there. <laughs> well, uh, seriously, congratulations on the news. That's, that's Thank excellent. You. And uh, I know Saluki fans are, are really proud of you and, and the staff I'm sure is really proud of you too. Um, I mean, what was, what was your initial reaction when you got the news that you would get this opportunity? Um, it, it's, he's been conflict, conflicted emotions. I would say um, it's something that's been in the works for a couple of years now. Um, I've been approached um, by um, my federation, my basketball federation in Ivory Coast, um, by the former president, because now we do have a new president. So for a couple of years now, I've been approached by several um, people in that work in the federation and have asked me if I would be interested. And I would say that I didn't feel like I was ready probably a couple of years ago. And um, the opportunity came back again um, this summer uh, with COVID and everything. We had deeper conversations and and things like that. And it, it felt right. It felt right. It felt, I felt like it was the time that I was felt ready. And um, we went from there. And um, honestly, the, the reaction, the support that I've received, the, um, I wasn't expecting that. I think it's been very overwhelming, even fun and overwhelming at the same time. So I'm really excited. So there might have been an opportunity even a couple of years ago to do what you're going to do? Um, as far as the coaching, the head coaching? Yeah. Yes, it, it was. Um, I would say a couple of years ago it was more on the assistant coach um, level. 
that I was being approached. Um, and then was still interesting opportunity. Um, not saying that I didn't jump on it because it was the assistant coach. I, I would have probably have done it as well if everything aligned with my life and, you know, with what I'm doing as well at SIU and he did it at the time. Um, so they came back and I was the head coaching, which, um, was a step even uh, above what they were offering at first. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's been, uh, I guess a long coming for what people say that needed to happen. What do you think changed within a couple of years that has you more prepared now than if you were to jump into it back then? Um, well, it's, it, I think that with coaching is you not know, the confidence. You got to know, you got to know your limitation. You got to know your strengths and weaknesses. Um, I felt like, you know, I knew just working with coach Dine for so many years and, being the business, but like I, I knew a lot as far as the basketball part of it, but, you know, having a head coach is way bigger than just what people see on the court, the 40 minutes, it's a bigger um, job. And I think that I didn't feel like I had that portion, the off the court, I think um, management um, skills. I didn't feel that I had it then or understood it. Um, like I need it now. So I think that was more my um, worries of feeling ready to handle the off the court um, situations, I would say. The last couple of years as an assistant, did you kind of have it in your mind from a personal development standpoint? Hey, let me do some things. Let me put myself in some situations. So I am ready the next time they call. Um. Yes, um, I would say, like, again, um, and I'm going to mention Coach Tan. Coach Tan's been a great mentor. Um, I feel like she had put me in different position uh, within um, my job over the years, eight years. So to see different aspects of what, you know, an assistant coach and a coach needs to learn. And I think that, um, yes, I had a lot of different opportunities and my responsibilities here at SIU to see uh, the different aspect of the um, coaching responsibilities. So, I mean, it's a it's a huge deal to be a Division One college coach. You know, there aren't that many people that that get that opportunity, and you yeah. represent a lot of people when you're in that position that you are right now. But then you go to the international level. Ivory Coast is a country that has a population of six or twenty six million people, mm-hmm. and you're the women's basketball rep for that national team. Is, yes. is that been, has that been overwhelming for you to, to think of it that way? I think you made it more overwhelming <laughs> just saying the way you said it. I didn't even think at that level of, um, it, it is, it is very overwhelming. I would say that, um, some days it hit me, um, harder than other days. They're like, Whoa, this is a big deal. Um, it is personally a big deal because, that's my country a lot the where I started is where I started basketball um a lot of of um you know my coaches my teammates are still involved with the game and just to be able to come back and represent after being a player in that national team today to be uh, have the opportunity to coach the team it, it is it's almost like a dream that you you don't even think it would ever ap- happen and um, now it's here, and I just have to rise to the occasion. So, Your first involvement with the Ivory Coast national team was when you were 13 years old, and mm-hmm. you're a player. Yes. 
I mean, I'm sure at that point you're not thinking, okay, I'm going to coach this team one day, right? No, I, I did not think at all that I would be in that position today. Um, when I started, when I was well with the national team, um, all this, I mean, all the opportunity that I had um, back home and playing with my national team were all dream coming true because it's, it's few people they had the opportunity to wear their, you know, the country's color and represent and, you know, stand there and listen to the national anthem going before you play. And it, it, it is an honor. And um, just having that opportunity at 13 um, was already a big deal. Um, did I think that I would be one day coaching? No, not at all. Um, I'm just happy that I had the opportunity in the first place. So it, it is, I'm still on cloud nine a little bit, to be honest. When you think about 13-year-old Christelle playing for the national team for the first time, what do you remember about those early years? Uh, skinny legs, not knowing what I was doing, running around, just happy. Um, I, it's, my journey with basketball was really interesting because I remember when I, I did get the letter because you get a letter from the Federation saying uh, you are um, invited to the camp because – it's a camp first where we have they would call the top players of that age um, meeting and then from that camp they will select the 12 or, or the team that's going to go to the that was a big deal for me and my family I remember how my dad was so proud um, my mom they were all excited um, I really had started basketball probably a year before if not nine months and really just started and then next thing you know you are recognized nationally um so it, it was just it, it's been a great um great honor altogether um to be called and uh, i mean my memories we didn't go to a tournament that year i think something had happened and we didn't end up going to the tournament we we're supposed to go but just the preparation you know going for the camp being selected and do those practices and, and, you know, wearing the, 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 the uniform, um, it is all things that you can forget. It stays forever. You were on several of those teams over about a decade, mm -hmm. uh, yes. spanning from 13 years old through college and early into your professional time. Where's the coolest mm -hmm. place you traveled when you were a part of the team? Ooh, um, my, well, we went to Tunisia. I remember that's when I first played with the national, the senior national team um, at age of 16. So I was, I was one of the youngest, well, if not the youngest player in that team that year, um, playing with um, a lot of, of my co my um, teammates and also people that play against in the regular season. Um, so that was an amazing experience. Tunisia was beautiful. It was my first time um, getting to the northern part of Africa. Um, and I think that was a moment that we couldn't forget. I mean, there's so many great experiences we had just going to Madagascar and travel to uh, Nairobi and Kenya to get to there. I mean, it's it just so many. I can go on and on about the places that basketball took me to. Uh, you, you may laugh at this, but I think most Americans hear Madagascar and they think of the animated movie. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, that was kind of my picture before I went there. Um, as much as it was, I mean, it was a nine hour uh, flight from my country to get to Madagascar. But 
it is a neat country, a beautiful, um, beautiful place, different than where I'm from. You know, I'm from the western part of Africa, and um, Madagascar is kind of like south, south of us, so it's different culture, um, different temperature. It was a little cooler than what I was used to, um, but it was beautiful. It was beautiful, just different. I like, believe it or not, most of us was just thinking about the animated movie Madagascar before we got there, and it was definitely not <laughs> what it is, but... No singing animals? <laughs> definitely. I was hoping. <laughs> I was hoping for that, <laughs> but no, we didn't get to see that. <laughs> Ivory Coast has gotten, you know, international attention, certainly with football, with, with soccer. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, Didier Drogba is a big name and, and yes. soccer from Ivory Coast. But what about basketball and specifically the women's game? How have you seen that grow from the time you were a child to now? Um, it had grown a lot. We do have some work to do. I mean, I, I don't think we're at the level of soccer, football um, yet. Um, but basketball in general has grown a lot. I mean, it's the second sport after soccer um, back home. Um, the women game, again, it, it, it's a work in, pro in progress, in pro process from every country, everywhere in the world. Um, it's a lot of work to do to get the women's game, um, the attention that's needed. But it's definitely, like I said, it's definitely getting there. I think there's a lot of um, push from FIBA, which is like the International Federation of Basketball, to grow the, the women's sports in general and the women's sports in Africa. Um, so it has been a lot of different things that's being done um, to get where it needs to be. So it's, it's, it's in, in the works. Um, hopefully we get there. Um, but it's definitely is better than when I started to play um, back then. So With you being half the globe away right now in Carbondale mm -hmm. and the team you'll be coaching uh, – oh, oh far ways away geographically. Uh, the tournament is, is still a little less than a year away, but how do you prepare now, even though you're not there and you do have some time to get things together? Um, well, with COVID being something that changed the way things are being done all over the world, I think you know, a lot of things are being done digitally, you know, Zoom like we're doing right now. Um, so it's the biggest thing is, um, there is some things that I need to make, get in place as, you know, my staff, uh, which will be possibly most people for my staff will be from back home. Um, so I will be able to work with them closely from here, um, to get some groundwork done before I get there. Um, so it's going to be a lot of, um, working in a team setting with my staff to be able to um, start the vision, start the, the plan that we have. Um, again, like I said, it's going to be a lot of uh, Zoom, a lot of internet and a lot of um, things like that that we have to set up first. And hopefully COVID doesn't stop us and we can do a lot of in-person um, training and things like that. So. What do you think your roster will look like? I mean, it was, you, you know, you were a teenager that was native, still living there. I mean, is there uh, a decent amount of United States college talent that is from the Ivory Coast that you'll bring back or will it be mostly local players? 
Um, I would say right now we have a couple um, players here in the U.S. Um, they actually have played some um, high level, which is called BCS. We have a lot more in Europe playing to the European, um, um, the French league um, that we, we have our eyes on. Uh, definitely a lot of talent back home. Um, probably quite a few people that I might have played with. Uh, the past, um, maybe they were younger then, but the last uh, African Cup that I participated, in, I have one or two players that are still active playing. Um, so um, we have a lot of, I think that we will have a lot of resources coming from different places, um, from Europe to here and back home. So we, we, we're looking at all those elements and trying to recruit um, now. Um, just to get the interest to come back and represent the country. I, I had a chance to read Will Beck, sports information director for Saluki <laughs> Women's Basketball. His story on you on the SIU Saluki's website. And one of the interesting things in there is about how you have to brush up on your French, especially <laughs> with your basketball terms. I mean, what, yeah. are, what are the differences between – uh, I don't know, pass, dribble, and shoot in English and pass, dribble, and shoot in French? You know, I, and, and I do. <laughs> I do bad. Um, it's not a lot of difference when you look at the game. Now I'm like, you know, trying to get things back in my, you know, in my head. I remember growing up, uh, passing go, we give and go was something that our coaches were saying, give and go, so which is emotion. Um, so it's a lot of English terms that are used in basketball in general just because of the nature of the game and the origin of the game. So there's some words, a lot of the words, they will be English words, um, but it's going to be a little challenge. Uh, I would say at times I, I try to watch, well, right now I've been watching a lot of French basketball just to kind of measure where I'm at as far as my language, um, my level of language in French. But yeah, it, it's going to be a little bit of work more than I expected to be feel more comfortable. And then all things fall, fail. I just speak in English and we'll figure out. I mean, we're going to find a way to communicate regardless. So I'm not too worried about that part. But definitely for me, my personal um just to be comfortable i just want to make sure i have that down uh i i feel like i've heard you speak french when i've been on the road with you guys before obviously <laughs> we've, we've talked in english are you are you bilingual or do you have a third and fourth language that you speak to i am just i just speak french and english i was one of those kids that didn't try to learn more than what I, I should have with my family. My mom is speaking different languages, but now I just do speak French and English and pretend to speak some Polish for my Polish years, but I'm, I'm no good. I just pretend. I, there's bilingual and there's trilingual. I don't know what two and a half languages sounds like, but <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't even think that I can count Polish as a language. I know I can pretend a little bit, but not going to do too far. Yeah. Well, hey, I mean, most of us are still trying to perfect English, so you got you got one more language <laughs> than a lot of people. <laughs> uh, that's impressive. How did so? How did uh, so? Most people in Ivory Coast speak French 
when did English come along for you? Was it when you mm -hmm. came to the United States or, or was it before? Well, our school system, you're required. So when you start junior high, your first year of junior high, um, you have to have a second language. So automatically, everybody learns English. Has a, you got to have two more languages. So English is the language that is required for everybody. And then you can pick between German or Spanish for your third language. Um, through junior high all the way to the end of high school, you do English. Honestly, like I was told everybody, you learn in the classroom, you leave the classroom, you never use it. So it was more so that I had a lot of grammar. The writing part was, I think, that's what I was better at. Uh, communication speaking, not at all. Um, on top of the fact that the English that we do learn back home is from England. So the accents are very different uh, when you come here and you have somebody to say, what's up? And you're like, uh, that is not what I learned, you know, or, and things like that. So I really learned to communicate here in the U.S. when I came to uh, Illinois Central College, I'm a junior college, just being around my teammates, um, learning, you know, their ways. I did a lot of cartoons and closed caption because of, you know, uh, just the basic English and be able to hear and read it and be like, oh, okay, that's what they're trying to say with the accent. So that's really how I kind of learned um, to speak until people told me that when you start dreaming in English and that's it. And I started dreaming in English and I guess that was it. <laughs> I, my mind switched up. What were the cartoons that taught you? Uh, I, was, uh, I was faithful with... Um, Disney Channel, I'm trying to think. At the time, it was like, that's so raven, those shows. Um, I always like Hannah Montana. Um, Phineas and Ferb was a little later on in life, but that's because I just like cartoons altogether. But um, this was a lot of, it was Cody and Zach. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that was one of my shows. So it was a lot of the different shows on Disney Channel that I was trying to catch and, you know, have closed caption and, try to follow it along and that helped a lot. You mentioned um, your time at ICC in Peoria and then you go and play for Coach Stein at Missouri. What was your relationship like with Coach Stein when you were a player? Um, I, I mean, I, I, you might have to ask that question. I felt like I was pretty quiet. Uh, I felt like we had a great relationship. I felt like she trusted me a lot as far as, you know, being a leader in the team and, um, just, I felt like I had a lot of responsibility as far as the leadership position from her and I never changed. Um, it was a lot of trust, I think. And we, we had a great relationship, any, you know, relationship that you had with your, with your coach. I wouldn't say that I was the most vocal. It probably at times probably irritated her a little bit, but, um, I think she trusted that I would get the job done and, that, that that always been kind of our relationship. When did she approach you about coaching for her? Was it while you were a player or after? Um, actually, no, after, honestly, not something that I ever dreamed to do um, until I actually ended up coaching at Illinois Central College um, for about a year, year and a half. And um, 
and Kutstein also did Central College, so and their families from that area. So um, she had actually ended up coming and coaching, being the head coach there, and that's when she asked me if I would stay as an assistant. I already coached there for about a season and a half before that, and I jumped on the opportunity. Um, she came on, uh, took the program over, um, changed everything over, you know, went from barely winning games to finish third in a in the country, go to the national championship, losing at the semifinal. So that was a great, great, great year um, when Coach Shine took over. And then when she um, had the opportunity to come at SIU, she then approached me and asked me if I would be interested to come along with her. And it was a no-brainer. And that's why I did. And eight years later, I'm happy that I made that decision. Has she finally cracked her shell? I think I know the answer to that. <laughs> we got days. <laughs> I, 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 I think so. I really do think so. I think she, she, she I think she knows me well. That, I mean, it's not a lot of you know, words that need to be shared or anything like that. I think that we have that connection. Yeah. Uh, you're not the you're not the quiet kid anymore. <laughs> Definitely not. They, they <laughs> had to make me be quiet. Right. I'm probably tired of hearing my voice. <laughs> uh, I wanted to ask about your your time in the NBA. You you were with the New York Liberty for a little bit. Um, I mean, mm -hmm. what what stands out about your time that you spent with the Liberty? Um, it was a I would say great and fast experience everything just it was great but everything seemed so fast all the time I mean it, it changed from being you know the basketball game the game to the business um I think that's when I think uh, my mind had to switch a little bit to understand that this is a business um you're getting paid to play a sport that you like and love but yet it, it's a job um I think that my my time in the uh, WNBA was a great time that I would not um, change for anything. Uh, would I know what I know today? It would have probably been a different experience, but I think that it was um, it was quick. It was really fast. Everything just seemed like a blur. Like everything was just so fast, and you're in a season and you're playing games, and the season is over, and then you got to figure out your next move. So it it, it was a great experience and. I think he also helped me a lot in a lot of different things, opens a lot of doors for me in, you know, in this business altogether. Yeah. I got to think that's instant credibility when you're having a basketball conversation. Hey, I, I played this game in this country at the highest level. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely give you an edge in conversations. It definitely give people, a, give, you know, a low respect, um, your opinion does matter then. Um, and it's something that it's on your resume forever. You can, they can never take that away from you. And I think, like I said, it opened, you know, some doors for me overseas when I play professional overseas and, you know, even with my own country um, today, I mean, I feel like it's one of the things that they had in their mind, the back of their mind when they approached me, they had that experience. So it's definitely um, uh, an experience that I, like I said, I will never change it for anything. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Becky Hammond would have been on a Liberty when you were there, right? Yes, Becky Hammond was my teammate when I was there. Good old Becky, great human being, great person. She's 
it's she's was a good mentor she's definitely is a person that people see out there very spiritual very very spiritual but um she definitely led our locker room with her spirituality and um just calm very calm force on everything that she did so yeah i was fortunate to play along with her and be her teammate she's obviously broken down some doors specifically Mm -hmm. for women in the nba being an assistant coach with the san antonio spurs and being the head coach in summer league and um all those Mm -hmm. great things that she's done have you have you talked coaching with her since you guys have stopped playing and you're you're now in the same industry um i would say no i've not i think the last time i probably was probably a couple years back that we were in the same environment. Um, I would say that I've not talked to her personally or stuff like that, but you know, I'm so proud of her. Um, I'm, if somebody, I'm not surprised knowing the person, if it could happen to somebody, it would be Becky though, just the way knowing who she is and how spiritual she is and how she's, how she handled business when it comes to basketball and, how she was in the locker room and on the court and the work ethic and stuff. I, I'm just not surprised. I would say somebody else, I'll be like, wow, but Becky, that's just like a normal, it's the normal um, path for her. Like I, she's that transcender, you know, from being somebody that wasn't even drafted to be in the WNBA and getting the team and does what she does and have the career that she had. That already tells you what kind of person she is. So I'm very proud of her, and like I said, not surprised at all. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Just to kind of bring everything that we talked about together, just thinking about the conversation we just had, you've done a lot of things in your life that most people don't check the box on one of those things. You know, uh, playing Division One basketball, playing in the WNBA, college coach now, the, the head coach of a national team. I mean, what were some of the – the hard things or struggles that you had to overcome to, to get to some of those points of success that you've now reached? Um, one, I mean, doing all this away from my family has been always something that has been hard at times. Um, I mean, I have a very, we have a very close, um, family. We're very close with what we can do with, you know, being so far away from each other, so that's been probably my biggest, um, I would say, biggest hurdle, not having my family there to witness um, those moments, you know, playing in college and have your senior night and, you know, your family, close family is not there. Um, we had moments, you know, my mom had traveled when I played in Poland. It was playing for, you know, championship game and she came. And that was, you know, things like that that you don't get to share a lot with your family. I think that's my, been my biggest hurdle. Um, I would say, like, as that would be, I would say just not having my family around. But at the same time, I think that, I mean, I think my parents for how they raised me and, you know, how they put, you know, work ethic and working hard and, you know, being humble about everything that happened to you and just that, just that upbringing that I think has helped me get to where I'm at today. So I'm thankful for that, but definitely not having my family 24 seven, being there physically to enjoy all those moments. They are enjoying those moments. You know, when I got drafted, they were just excited, but I think it would have been different if they were there celebrating with me or, you know, 
coming to the games and things like that. So I think that would be the, the biggest thing, just doing that everything away from my family. It's been the hardest thing. I think your parents' lesson of humility is definitely stuck, uh, especially since you're still, <laughs> you're, you're still gonna let me have a little fun when I see you <laughs> and not big shot me. <laughs> I, I hope if not I know I'll get a call from my mom and she get me straight right away I, anybody in my family they that's the one thing about my family we're pretty straightforward with each other so anybody that just kind of deviate from what our values are you best believe that you're gonna get a call and get uh checked so I, I'm I'm gotta be careful what I say and how I say it if I don't want to get in trouble. I still get in trouble with my mom, believe it or not. So uh she's got the long distance discipline down, I'm sure. <laughs> oh yes. She she's a pro on that. She yeah. she mastered it with all her kids being away. Yeah. Well, congratulations on the most recent exciting news. And while while we're talking about your life story, congratulations on on everything because it's been a pretty incredible ride for you up to this point. Thank you. Thank you. Just definitely appreciate it. Like I said, the support been amazing. Um, it takes things, you know, different things. The people that actually talked about what you accomplished, you realize like, Oh, I did, did this. I guess it's, it's cool. I, like I said, I'm on cloud nine and still trying to process. Um, but I do appreciate the support and the love that I've been receiving. That's for sure. Yeah. Well-deserved. Can't wait to see you for a real live college basketball game. Next yes. yes, we we I'm excited about that. I think that's what we need right now. We need a, a game. A game. You just gotta have that one game that's gonna get everybody going. We definitely need that as soon as possible. Well, can't wait. Thanks for doing this, Christelle. Well, thank you for having me. Are you are you are you gonna have a special attire for the game me um, oh shoot you put me on the spot i mean <laughs> you asked you, me i can ask you questions <laughs> you, you did say that you did say that i didn't know you're gonna turn around this late the conversation and spring me with one uh, but no i i've got a i've got a special christmas suit um oh okay that actually got ruined at the christmas party last year um oh. so i might need to get a new one but i don't have like a thanksgiving suit or anything like that i might need to work on that you might have to you might have to stop the store on the way here or something to you, get some just a tie like a something just crazy but you I'll always do a good job dressing up i'm i'm not i'm i'm you always on point so hey you, know. you you find like a turkey tie or something like that i might i might I'll wear it. okay <laughs> everybody hearing this now came back out if you don't like it <laughs> came back out uh all right well um since you got your one question in for me i think it's time to end it <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> very good man. Very appreciate it. thank you so much Kyle. all right see you soon all right